So what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the second Freedom Foods Farm podcast. We're here with Scott and Jen Burden of It's Two Quacks and Five Clucks Farm, right? Yes. Tell me about the name. That's an interesting name. I want to know how you guys came up with it. What does it mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, actually, we have five children together. So we kind of um, felt like our life was pretty chaotic. Yeah. So we were looking at the point that we kind of had to be two quacks in order to have five clucks. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's kind of where the name came from. Yeah, it's a unique name. People tend to remember it in their own different way, but everybody knows when they hear something of the variety that they're talking about. It's branding. It's very good branding. So you guys have a, a YouTube channel, and you guys are in what part of the world are you guys in? We're in the United States, Ryan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what, what state? What state? What, 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 what state? What we are, uh, Give me a general area. We are, lo- we are located in Partlow, Virginia. Okay. Yeah, Partlow, Virginia is about, you're about directly in between Richmond and D.C. Yeah. Okay, so you're about two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about two hours from Joel Salton. Woo! There we go. You just visited visited him recently, right? Yes. Tell me about yeah. that. You guys, yeah. uh, you guys had a little bit of a story, right? You guys, uh, you guys kind of had the same issue that I did when we when I went there with the the car tire, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's Luckily, funny, there, there's been so many people that. Uh, go ahead. Luckily, we caught it when we were pulling out the driveway. When I was filming that, I set the camera in the driveway to get our car leaving the house, and that's what. So luckily, if I didn't film that shot, we would have been stuck on a road somewhere, because that's how we caught it. You know, it's not the first time that's happened. Yeah. I've heard of a few people that uh, that have had that happen to, like uh, Mike Dixon over at the Fit Farmer. He had the kind of something similar happen. Okay. I had uh, the, I I was like on like a tire pressure of like fourteen when I was leaving Polyface the day I went, and I was like, uh oh. So just and that yeah. marketing tool that they use over there to get you to stick around a little bit longer. But yeah, it was a it was a good visit. We uh well, I got up at about four in the morning wow. that Saturday to go to Polyface. I got lost probably two or three times. The uh, GPS had me in someone's driveway that wasn't even close to Joel's. <laughs> so I finally got there, and it was still dark out, and my high beams is facing his house. So I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I know he has an open door policy 24-7, but you know, I, it was a little early. It was so <laughs> early. I kind of hung out in the car for a while. I parked next to the store, you know, watched the guys load the truck up with produce and stuff that they were gonna do their deliveries. And uh long story short, uh I saw a skunk heading towards one of his hen houses. And then a minute later, I actually saw Joel. So I told Joel, he ran inside the house, got a shotgun, and we went on a one-on-one skunk hunt for about 10 minutes. Cool, that's pretty cool. So that's that was, that was, that was fun. 
but I didn't want to hold him up. I didn't want to ask him any questions. So, you know, he's a busy man. We were there for the lunatic tour and pick Jen, the girls up. But yeah, that's that, our that's short a story. That's very interesting story. story. So you guys, you guys, what are you guys doing? You guys are running a farm now. How long have you guys, uh, have you, how long have you guys been doing it? What stage are you at? What animals do you have? Well, we're at the chaos stage. We've always been at the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, Ryan, we jumped in headfirst and we moved extremely fast, probably too, too fast. fast. Yeah. And a lot got on my dinner plate and I wasn't eating it fast enough. And it's kind of still like that. It slowed down some. Uh, we got better time management. Uh, but we officially started two years ago. Yeah. Okay. So we've done, we've done a lot in two oh, years. Oh, we, we've done so much in two years. And YouTube channel is only a year old. It'll turn a year old next month. Oh, yeah. cool. But currently, we have layers, laying chickens, and meat birds, and yeah. ducks, yep. and a goose. But we have gone from, um, prior to that, we had an entire Mangalitsa pig breeding program. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, yes. And we put everything we had into that really all of our time for the, especially the first year um, mm -hmm. we had very successful litters um this spring um, yeah. all piglets were sold with deposits before ever hitting the ground it was an excellent it was excellent adventure it was but it was taking a lot of time not only that ryan it was taking up a lot of dedicated land Mm -hmm. with the rotational grazing and with us wanting to do a veggie stand garden expansion and meat birds we only have seven acres cleared for pasture with rotating our uh pig program it just didn't fit in with what we wanted to actually do you know from here on out so we made the decision to sell the herd in its entirety and we went from there a lot less more so a lot less stress now with without the pigs yes and it's more streamlined for our ultimate goal which is our ultimate goal is to have a farm stand where we're producing enough to be able to sell to the public and sell the type of vegetables and meat and that we believe in and we believe yeah. everybody should have the availability to so tell me it's more not about the, the farm stand. Are you are you guys going to be, uh, where are you guys going to have it at? Are you going to have it on your place? Are you going to go build it somewhere or go rent something? Or t tell me your plan with that. That's interesting. We're actually fortunate enough to have our land on a fairly busy road here in our county. Yeah. So our our goal is to build it on our land right up to, right up at the road. Yeah. That's the plan. And it's not going to be your average veggie stand i want to have uh kind of like poster board laminated type of uh knowledge per veggie sold on what organic fertilizers were used for that particular veggie i want to get into like 90 percent heirlooms 10 percent hybrids and 
tell the backstory on that particular veggie. Um, I want the people to know where their food is coming from, how it's being grown. I'll even include the soil testing. I'll put that up. You know, we, we just, want we want just the community. transparency. It sounds what you absolutely and education. <clears throat> we want people to know why we're doing what yeah. we're doing, and um, you know, you look at it, and some people see an heirloom tomato that's purple and not their perfectly round, normal tomato shape, mm. and they think it's rotten. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> you know? it's, all yeah. it's all scarred up, and if you flip it over, there's like two tomatoes inside that you're like, <laughs> what is this? But, yeah. you know, oh, we feel like that's so important now to for people to start knowing where their food is coming from. Yeah. So, so Would you say your main focus is more towards the veggie side or more towards the meat side? Both. Both. I would say um, we're definitely going to stick with doing uh, meat, bird, chickens, all pasture raised, mm -hmm. um, non-GMO, all organic feed. Um, but I think I don't think we'll go much past chickens as far as meat. I think that's going to probably. Yeah, if we do anything, Ryan, it'll be a couple pigs for us for the freezer and some friends and family. Uh oh. You're back. And uh, maybe a steer for us to raise, you know, for me, but for resale, it's, we're not gonna go beyond, you know, your meat, birds and veggies and fruits. And eggs, we have a good egg program. Going. We do. Okay. We are building up, we lost half of our layers in a two week span to predators. Ooh. So we put them on lockdown because we let them out and just, you know, free range. So we locked them down for about a month. We stopped selling eggs because we didn't want our customers getting eggs from chickens that's locked in a coop. Mm -hmm. So we locked them down. I got a chick shaw back on grass and we're building up our flock by hatching eggs. Right now we got, not including meat birds, 73 chickens, two of which we know of are roosters. I mean, we got a lot of chicks right now and a lot of other birds that we don't know with. Yeah, they haven't grown out yet to the yeah. point of sexing them, but. But yeah, we got 50 meat birds, uh, 25 we're going to process, should be this coming week. We got 27 more in the brooder that will go outside in a week. And I move those twice a day. I split their feet up and feed them twice a day, fresh water all the time. And then when I move them, I just don't dump the water on the ground. I go behind them and dump the water on their manure. Mm, that's pretty smart. Yeah. Wow. So you guys built the chick shot like Justin Rhodes. Well, we actually got lucky. We found the one we have now, we found on Facebook Marketplace. Really? Yeah, mm -hmm. and we actually got it for a good deal. A good deal. Cheaper than what you could build it for. Mm -hmm. oh. Believe it or not. But I am in the stages now of building a second one and all of our chicks and what? Month, two month old birds we have now, they'll go into that chick shaw. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on it? So if you're building a second one, you must like it a lot. Is it easy to move around? I, I haven't touched one of those ever. It's interesting. I see Justin yeah. using all the time. It's very easy, even if you hit a little 
hole in the ground where the chickens have dug up to take their dust baths, it still rolls with ease. And the chickens, they don't give us any issues. They go straight no, in it just like any coop at night. And we move it first thing in the morning before we let them out. Yeah. And they do, they've done wonderful in it. I've been very pleased with it. Yeah, we use uh, 200 feet of Premier One netting and they stay in that paddock for about a week. And then after a week, we move them out. You know, sometimes it might stay eight days depending on the grass available and whatnot. Um, but yeah, they stay in there for about a week and then we move them. I like to only move three sides of the fence instead of the entire fence. And, but yeah, there's been a couple of times where I, had, where I had to pick up the entire fence and just move them, you know, just way over somewhere else because- But it's still pretty easy. Oh, it's very easy. So the nets are pretty easy because I've dealt with like the, the sheep and goat wire from Premier One and I always get it tangled. It's a headache for me and I just haven't haven't mm -hmm. used it at all. But the, the poultry netting have been great. We have and actually we use, the reason we have so many rolls of it is not only did we use it for the chickens, but we used the chicken poultry netting um, from Premier One for all of our pig paddocks. Oh, that's that's the picker. The pig stayed in even from Piglet to adult, they stayed in. Because and the squares are smaller <clears throat> on the poultry netting, so we were able to use it for the piglet. I mean, they could have easily gotten out. Um, when our first gilt gave birth, it was our first litter, I didn't know that they went into heat like a day or two after giving birth. And I had the boar, the boar was in a different paddock with, other gilts that weren't ready to uh, breed. breed yet. And he was about 20 foot from her. He could have easily just went through that fence to get to her, but he didn't. He would just stay at the fence and bellow at her, do his man yeah. thing. We didn't no, test the fence. It we worked got lucky. excellent. It worked excellent. Yeah, it Actually, did. we watched each sow take their litter of piglets, and I didn't realize they would do this. They would take the piglets up one by one and basically shove them into the fence for them to get the shock to train the piglets themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Smart pigs. Yes. Yeah. They say pigs is the smartest <laughs> livestock there is. So it definitely has dual purpose. That's why I tell people if you're looking at getting Premier One fencing, look into the poultry netting because you can use that for so, almost all of it. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So what is your guys' background? Is Did you guys grow up doing this? Were you, you know, or were you living in the city, going <laughs> out here? What, what made you want to come start a little farm? Well, I can tell you myself the truth that was going to the Caroline County Fair about four years ago okay. and my favorite part you know as a kid growing up was going to see the livestock That's cool. it was about four years ago when we went to the Caroline County Fairs you know I was petting the cows looking at all the chickens and I was like you know what we need to do this and she's always wanted chickens right but scott grew up you, he grew up a, a city boy yeah a very much so even a little bit more well, I'm so not than city boy Come i on. did yeah <laughs> no but like i grew up with you know not a farm in any 
sense, but with grandparents who yeah. both had large gardens, who um, were always, you know, learning things on the farm, going berry picking, making our own jam and canning and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I at least had some of that background that I had to revisit and relearn. <laughs> Ryan, I have one, one thing as a kid for a background. I did grow a sunflower. I took care of that sunflower like it was a baby, even though I was only like seven years old. I cared for it and it grew up to be a healthy six foot sunflower. And when it died, I cried. And to this day, you have to have sunflowers on the farm. Love sunflowers. <laughs> it's crazy how things stick from stick with you from a long time ago to you know to where you oh, yeah. bring back that yeah. memory, and that's kind of what helped you get the inspiration to do what you guys are doing. Yeah, I, I, I remember it was in a green uh, a green pot. Um, my grandma got me a little bag of soil to put it in. I don't remember which type of sunflower it was. I know it was yellow, but yeah, it was in the green pot. I remember that. The pot was on concrete. I have just good detail about that sunflower. Wow, that's so, that's pretty that's cool. my background. There's one sunflower. And we have actually taken some of my grandfather's tools. Yes. His older tools from um when he had his garden and so forth and used them and brought them back to life on our own farm. Yep. That's cool. That's really cool. so you guys have been doing this now for two years? Yeah. Two years. So what made you choose this style of farming? Let's see here. It started off doing research on YouTube. I came across uh, Josh, the Stony Ridge farmer. That's where it started as far as my research. And then from there, it went to Alumna of Lumna Acres and then Justin Rhodes. So, I mean, I got probably 10 channels that inspire me on a daily basis. Um, the no chemicals, you know, just absolutely. We, we wanted to go that route. Just also knowing that we didn't have an abundance of acreage. I mean, we, when we went looking for a place, we found this place with 11 acres and seven of it cleared. And mm -hmm. we knew that if we weren't going to do something rotational, we were just going to kill the land and not be, you know, it would be over quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah. it's for space wise is a, another main thing. So how much garden cool. space are you guys using, you know, to produce, to produce enough for a veggie stand? Oh, that's a good question. Just give me. I know the garden. Our garden size right now is. What do you think? Fifteen thousand square feet. Maybe it was smaller this year because we were just doing it for the family. Yeah. But we're going to be expanding to. I would say we're going to have at least close to an acre. Yeah, probably. Plus oh, greenhouse. Garden. Yeah. Now, now the the veggie stand is not going to happen next year. It's going to probably be about another two years. two years, I would say. Um, I need to learn the whole greenhouse thing. Uh, we're not going to use trays to start seeds. We're going to do soil blocks. Um, 
Then we're gonna use what Coco Loco as the uh, the mix. But it's prepping the soil. It's a lot. A lot goes into it. Absolutely. Like right now, we have our layers and our meat birds on where we're extending our garden. That way, it gets a lot of nitrogen. And I'm actually going behind the layers and the meat birds and uh, broadcasting non-GMO uh, clover mm. as a cover crop. That's mm -hmm. really cool. That's smart. So yeah, our greenhouse came in yesterday. Um, it's actually a caterpillar tunnel from Farmer's Friend uh, that I'm going to use as a greenhouse. I got two end doors to close it off. That, so that's going to be our greenhouse. We got their biggest silage tarp. Um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff sitting in the garage. <laughs> Sounds like you guys are prepared for next spring. Yes, it's getting there. I, I can't wait to get that greenhouse <laughs> up. I mean, it's only 14 foot by 50 foot, and it's a gothic style instead of the classic hooch style. But I cannot wait to get it up and start Absolutely. seeds. I cannot wait. And we're actually thinking about doing storefronts on Etsy or Amazon for non-GMO transplants, you know, to sell plants. Mm -hmm. so. And then um, we just, I spoke to a local market here a few days ago and we just uh talked to them about selling our meat birds there so we're excited about that as well yeah so we can kind of get those out in the market before we have our stand yes so are you guys currently still working or are you guys just working strictly from the farm now i am farm only jen is a full-time real estate agent oh cool and mm -hmm. Jen herself, Ryan, has a background in marketing, just like you. Yeah. Yep. So, that, that fits in really well. It, it does. does. It does. I've been able to do a lot of the marketing uh, stuff for the farm and still be able to do a lot of work here from here. Um, but still, yeah. the real estate market's been rolling, too. It has. <laughs> Absolutely. So you guys, you guys are, uh, you guys started a YouTube channel a year ago. Tell me a little bit about your thinking behind that, why you made it, you know, and what you're doing with it, how often you're posting so people can go check you out. Well, I wanted to start it out to teach people, but also teach them as I learn. So that way it's fresh on the brain and I can get what I learn and what I experience out there quick. Um, it started out just using a phone and a selfie stick. Now it's evolved into a drone camera, the whole nine yards. But um, I try to post at least two vlogs a week. But here recently, it's been like one because we've been so busy. Right. I think the main goal, though, is you see a lot of YouTube channels and mm -hmm. everybody is showing you everything that they did that's right that worked. And I think it's really good to see two people who are just starting out and trying things. And you can look in our blog and our blog, you know, you can see our failures just as well as our successes. And if we can yes. save somebody some time <laughs> not going through mm -hmm. some of the things that we've gone through, like just like we said at the beginning, our first thing that we tell anybody who's looking at doing this is don't jump in too fast. 
Don't go and buy every breed of animal that you can buy and do everything immediately because you're going to get overwhelmed and it's just not going to work. Fun, yeah, I I totally Mm -hmm. get you on that. I see a lot of people doing that. They go and they go and get okay. I want cows, chickens, pigs, blah blah blah. So like for me, like when I when people ask me what the number one advice is when I say starting a farm, I say go slowly and start with one animal at a time and master that one. I mean, I don't know if Absolutely. you guys agree with that, but it's... You are. Correct. Absolutely. You just... Yeah, you're not the only one that said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaylee Richardson of the Honeystead is actually... she. Yeah. That's her motto is master one breed at a time. I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we eventually want to get into honeybees, sure. but... Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I love sharing failures. I have no problem doing that. And um, I think that's a good thing for people we got to see because they, they don't see everything just uh, – they just don't see all the successes. And when they mess up, they can go, oh, you know what? I'm just like them too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We wanted people to be able to relate. Yeah. Now, we do have something big coming up. It's going to take me some time to do it, but – uh, I went on a three-day trip to a farm here in Virginia and shot a like a documentary or a docu series. Uh, I used up eight memory cards, two of which were from two different drones. The guy, he's only 26 years old, 300 acres. Um, his story is gonna blow people away. Um, what he's been through from a teenager on up, he's an author. He has a book coming out next month. Um, and his methods is like no other. I mean, him and him and Joel are great friends. They were, um, but I'm trying to get this particular farmer. Uh, to scale down his knowledge to homesteaders mm-hmm. versus large-scale farms. That's what he works with right now because uh, he also owns an institute at 26 years old. Yeah, <laughs> it should be amazing once we get it. Yeah, so I'm trying to get him at Homesteaders of America, and he wants to, and he has a lot of knowledge he can share with homesteaders that would really help them out. So, so when can we I expect can, this to come out and where can we find it? Is it going to be on YouTube or where are you going to do uh, yeah. it? It will be on YouTube. Um, time frame. I'm hoping that's a good question on the time frame because it's so much footage. I would think you should be able to get the first part out within a couple weeks. I, I would hope so. Yeah. Because we got to get through me for the processing. Like I built a kill cone stand. Yeah, that's a lot of projects, but <laughs> we hopefully we can get part one out within two, within a couple weeks. Yeah, so and we it'll maybe definitely... the second week of October, so people can kind of find that uh, on your channel. Yes. Yes, that'd be great. So I'm looking forward to that. Hearing that story, I haven't heard. Don't know who this is. I don't want to. I don't want you to give too much away. I want people to go and and check out the the yeah. series. I, I can I can tell you, Ryan, that your average homesteader, you know does not know this guy right now your large farms sure. that want to switch 
from using chemicals and stuff and do regenerative agriculture. They know about them, you know, like thousand, two thousand acre farms with a thousand head of cattle. They know of this guy. But his methods can easily his methods could translate over to a homestead that's on an acre. Even a half an acre. It really could. Interesting. So that's why I'm trying to get his story out there and get him at Homesteaders of America. Interesting, interesting. Well, we're almost up on time, but there's one thing that I, I want to do in this podcast for the last question is to have you guys go through a typical day of yours because one of the things that people say why they don't want to do this kind of stuff is it takes up too much time. So that way people can get an idea of how much time that you guys spend running your farm, growing your vegetables, meat birds, ducks. Can you guys take us through a day? What time you guys get up in the morning? What time you guys go to bed and everything in between? <laughs> this is gonna be a good one all right well, scott definitely starts the day not me <laughs> yeah i get up at about 5 30 in the morning Whoa. seven days a week wow um yeah and i go to bed on average around 11 uh like last night i didn't get to bed until three o'clock this morning yeah, I was working on our newest vlog that's up now. Right. Um, but on an average day, you're yeah. in bed by 11 usually. But mm-hmm. And then you start in the morning with basically all of the feeding. The, yeah, the feeding. Maybe you start at 5.30 in the morning, you get outside at, at that time and start feeding all the birds and everything? Well, I'm, I, I mix the feed because we, uh, we wet down their feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the chickens feed, even the meat birds. Um, so I start with that then i get out there just as the sun is coming up when it's just light enough and then i start my rounds with the chickens and then garden and projects i mean everyone's time is going to be different depending on how many animals you got but you know with what we have going on here there's plenty of work from sun up to sundown true and then so And then I usually get, you know, I get up about 7.30 and, you know, I start, we've got three girls, three of our girls are here um, doing virtual learning. So because public schools aren't doing in-person learning here. So I get girls up and settled and ready to start that part of the day and kind of maintain that Mm -hmm. and get household chores around the house done. And then that's when I start my real estate work yeah. while they're doing stuff. And um, Scott usually does projects, usually mid morning, he'll start projects on the farm. And by afternoon, if he has the time to stop, he'll do some editing in the afternoon. Once yeah. we've got country internet, as we call it. Yeah, good old satellite internet. <laughs> so when we have three girls, you know, streaming classes in the morning, there's no bandwidth yes. left for anyone else. No. So that's why I upload my video, my vlogs to YouTube at late at night in early morning hours because yeah. of the satellite internet. That's when it's at its peak, you know, right. stuff moves a little bit faster. Um, but that being said, mm-hmm. when Scott went away for three days, don't say the location. I'm not. <laughs> to give it away. film his little documentary um 
I was perfectly capable of getting all of the normal day-to-day -day stuff George mm -hmm. done myself along with keeping the girls yeah, with school and, you know, other household chores in my work. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of what you chores take you. What would you, what would you say? You know, just, just the minimum move the, you know, do the, do your move or feed the animals and everything about without the projects. How much time do you spend? You think you spend a day on that? Three hours. I would say in total, three to four hours because I like to look at the chickens to see if they're, you know, if any of them are sick. Um, like our transition coops, I check for any dig marks from say a raccoon, a fox or anything like that. I'm very meticulous. I always look for any scratches on coops, any, you know, scat from predators. It's, you know, could be around on our land. I go over everything with a fine tooth. Yeah, but I would say three to four hours for yeah. average chores, and it can be split usually morning and night. So, yeah. a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours at night. And, you know, you don't have to have obviously all the projects that we have going on at the same time mm. or filming and YouTube channel. You know, the average full time person with a full time job could still do this if they're willing oh, yeah. to put in some time in the morning and evening. Yeah, they don't need a YouTube channel or anything like that. Just get yourself some laying hens and, you know, depending on where you live at, you got to check your local county right. ordinances and stuff. But yeah, start with chickens. I would start with chickens if someone was starting out. So do you not start with chickens like we did. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That's a lot. Big scare me. <laughs> Here it is, we, we moved into our new house. A week later, we had a big coop and four chickens. A week after that, we had our gilts that we drove down to North Carolina to pick up. And then it exploded from there. I'm talking, it, it was anyway. massive. I mean, anyway. even right now, we have 126 chickens. That includes meat birds. We got one chirping right now, an incubator that actually it's membrane hardened up and jen saved his life this morning yep i helped him out of his egg yes so so far so good you know he didn't um, bleed so yeah it's just you've got to grow it small like i said if scott had gone away for three days and we still had the whole pig breeding program yeah. there's no way i could have done it no no and the kids either because i mean the pigs they don't mean to, but they throw their weight around yeah. and they can easily take out your knee and tear your ligaments. Um, and it got to the point to where they saw that feed bucket. It was hard to get in the Premier One fence. Really? Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, they're a bucket trend anyway. So yeah. even if they did get out, I can get them back in. Yeah, but it was definitely, we started way too fast. We do not start with pigs. <laughs> start with chickens. So no you, like, you would say your main goal is to start slow? Or your main main piece of advice for people is to start slow? Absolutely. Yep. Start very slow. But Even do, with our first garden, it was huge. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it was so big. it was almost three times what we had this year and we had so many veggies that we were you know no problem but we were giving them away to family and so forth but 
just the weeding and it was so overwhelming. Yeah, this year, you know, I did the back of Eden method, used wood chips that took out, you know, spending five hours every Saturday pulling weeds. So that say plus, I mean, it, you know, I had peeled some wood chips back the other day and there's, you know, a, a real thin layer of black gold on under the wood chips already yeah, so there's I mean, great yeah, soil there yeah it has its benefits that method does that's awesome well thank you guys for being on really appreciate it tell everybody how they can find you at different social medias is it mainly youtube or let let people know mainly our youtube channel but we also uh, we are on facebook we have a facebook page mm -hmm. instagram and it's two quacks and five cuts farm Yep, two quacks. Go, go subscribe to yeah. Jen and Scott's channel, and uh, you can see everything that they're doing. It's pretty cool. I've watched quite a few of you guys' videos, and very impressed. I like the drone footage, by the way, and your whole tour at Polyface. That was really cool. So, oh, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, with that, you guys, uh, you guys have a great one, and uh, we will catch you on the next one, okay? Sounds right. good. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you.